Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. Uh, all right, I'm excited uh, for this morning, but as we always do, we're gonna start with a little conversation. So uh, you're gonna grab three or four people around you. I know we already did some good news in the room, but I would just love for everyone to get a chance to share as we start this morning. So what is your good news today? Grab three or four people around you and we'll be back in a few. Uh, happy Black History Month, everyone. We love to see it. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Black History Month. We're going to talk about, you know, Genesis. We're just going to do it all this morning. Um, so if you uh, haven't been here in a while, we are currently going through uh, the book of Genesis. We're spending the whole year actually going through the first five books of the Bible. Um, it's been really, really amazing. And so this morning I want to talk, uh, pick up there. I'm actually going back to uh, a passage that we use to kick off the series uh, we're going to talk about it a little. So it's just the end of Genesis 1. This is after, like, the whole creation narrative, and it goes, and then. Okay. Um, God saw all that God had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So this has gone through. There was light. There was plants. There was animals. There was trees. Let me save you the full reading. That is the summary, the Cliff's Notes. There was creation, um, and it was very good. And the first uh, Sunday of this series, Corey uh, gave an amazing message, if you heard it, about um, us being good and capable of good. And if you've been at New Abbey for any amount of time, you know that we fundamentally believe that people are good, that we are not depraved and born into despair and we're bad and Jesus had to come and die because we're so bad and blood is the only thing that can save us. And that's really wild when you think about it. Um, but that people are good and capable of creating good and seeing good. And it's, it's literally the one narrative in my own reconstruction that I have held onto tighter than almost anything else because I do believe it. And Genesis 1, we always say, is where the story starts. Not Genesis 3, not Genesis 4, not Genesis 5, 6, 7. So there's like 31 Genesis. But it starts in Genesis 1. But this morning, I want to talk about the reality that there is also more to the story, that people are good and capable of good. And there's a Genesis 3, right? So just right after people are good, some stuff's going down in the garden. Genesis 4, Cain kills Abel. Genesis 5, we're getting ready for a flood. Genesis 6, apparently we're wicked, right? So things really, I mean, deteriorate quick. Exodus, things, <laughs> things get really out of hand. Deuteronomy, Okay, uh, Leviticus, Numbers doesn't have a lot of drama, um, as far as I could tell, um, and on and on and on and on, right? And so we see this tension laid out for us very clearly right at the beginning that people are good and capable of good and seeing good and being good and also can do things that disrupt the peace and the shalom of the world. That tension is laid out, boom, book one, right there. And then that tension continues. And later on in the story, uh, we see Jesus step right into that tension. 
What does it mean to be a person who fundamentally believes that people are good and in their goodness? That's what Jesus did. Oh, you were caught in adultery. Well, who hasn't done this? She's good. Oh, this person who's got all these, they're good. Oh, this person who can't, they're good. They're good. They're good. They're good. They're good. That was his message. This empire that was created, this system, this structure that said these people weren't valuable, that these people weren't good, they are. Jesus was good, the goodest. The most good. Best. Yeah. He was goodest. Jesus was the best, goodest at seeing and doing and creating and believing in good. And they killed him. So now we live in the tension of not only Genesis 1 and Genesis 3 and 4 and 5 and 2022 and 2020 and 2021, right? We also are invited in the tension of Friday to Sunday. Of what it means to, to live our lives. We've, given, we've been given examples of this, right? And if we want to talk about Black History Month, we've got lots of examples of this. In a time where I love when people are always like, listen, Martin Luther King Jr., the nonviolence, the how can we uh, critique this system? How can we take on this system? How can we uh, crumble this system without bringing violence onto people? Beautiful. And guess what? They killed him too. Okay. So we have this long history of what it means to sit in the tension of believing that people are good, seeing good, doing good, and creating good, and death coming. Bad things coming. Evil coming. And how do we live in that tension? Um, Have y'all ever heard anyone say, slavery is white history, how we survived is black history? Because sometimes, and I want to talk about this morning, I think it's really important to separate what the world has done to you from who you are. What's been done to you against the strength that got you to where you are today. And listen, I'm not going to sit up here and talk a message about God gives the biggest fights to the strongest. No, I don't want to be a strong soldier. I want, (laughs) honey, I want an easy life with naps every day. Um... I honestly don't want to find out how strong I am, you know, like, I want to live. Um, But that's not always the reality. The reality is that time and time and time again, we have had to prove our strength and show our strength and rise to an occasion that was not our fault. In the face of what someone else did, now we have to pick up the pieces. That sucks, but we do it, and we have done it, and we keep doing it. And it's what we can do, have done, and will do. But I think there's something in reclaiming the story of what was done to you is someone's story to reckon with. How you got here and stayed here is yours to embrace. I have the story. I've shared this story a million times, and I'm going to share it again because it is fundamentally one of the moments that changed my life. And each year of my life, I come back to this story, and I think about it, and it evolves in a different way. Because I'm a black person in America, meaning as much time as I have spent figuring out what it means to be human on planet Earth, I have figured out what it means to be black. Those two conversations have been simultaneous. You can't disassociate one from the other. My experience in this world is as a black person, and that has taken me on a journey. 
And so um, I led this tour of people to the south, and we would go on this uh, civil rights tour and uh, visit sites and meet people, and <clears throat> it was amazing. And one of the years, I went to a new museum in Jackson, Mississippi, Smith-Robertson Museum, um, where this lovely, 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 beautiful, angelic, dark-skinned woman gave us a tour, okay? Not just a tour, an experience. And instantly upon meeting her, I was like, you have something. I, I need something from you. I don't even know what it is, but I have never instantly looked up to someone like that. You ever get that experience? You see someone, and I'm like, you have it. You, I don't know what it is, but you have it. Um, and so she's leading us through uh, this new exhibit at the museum. The exhibit was meant to show you uh, what would it be like on a journey from the continent of Africa all the way to uh, the auction block uh, in the American slave trade, okay? And all along this museum, it had just been built, and so they take you on this, like, these full replicas of this journey. And so one of the rooms was uh, a mock-up of a slave ship, right? A ship that would carry enslaved Africans to the US. And as we're going in the thing in the ship and it's getting darker and there are like clay molds of bodies that are stacked on each other and she's talking about what would have happened. And I literally got so physically anxious, I had to leave and meet everyone on the other side. I am not ready for this. I could not handle this. I was the leader of this trip, but I was like, go ahead, y'all. Something for you to learn in there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to meet y'all. I'm going to meet y'all over here. <clears throat> and we get out um, to the end because I've spent a lot of time in my life wondering how I'm supposed to feel about this part of history. I spent, I am a black person who grew up in predominantly white schools. Anyone? Every time I talk about slavery, and then everyone's like, you know, look at you to see how. And I'm like, I genuinely don't, I don't know. I don't know how to, how do I, how do I, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm ashamed. I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know, right? And, and all of these feelings came up in this experience of like, what do I think about seeing these bodies like this? What do I think about seeing this experience? What do I think about seeing this journey? I don't know. Um, and so we get to the end, and, and this woman is, is telling us and what would have happened here and, and how many people would have died um, at this part of the journey and how many people would have died at this part of the journey and what, what atrocious thing would have happened at this part of the journey. And finally, she's at the end um, of this uh, exhibit, which was her uh, standing on a mock-up of an auction block in the American South. And so she's telling all these things. Uh, I'm already crying, you know, um, and she says, you know, can you imagine? And I'm like, yeah, tell me what to imagine. Because I can imagine the anger, I can imagine the hatred, I can imagine the evil, I can imagine the despair, I can imagine the sadness, I can imagine everything. And she said, can you imagine the strength that it took for someone to even get this far? She said, that's the blood that runs in my veins, and that's why I'm a proud black woman. <laughs> and I said, oh. Yes, I get it. I want that. I want to attach to the story that it is not about what was done to you. It was about how we persisted. Are you joking? The fact that we are here, every black person you see is a freaking miracle, right? And I got to attach to that story and that narrative. And I know how many people in this room believe in generational trauma and you paying a lot of money to boom, boom, boom. 
<laughs> my grandparents, grandparents, we doing it. But it was in that moment that I realized, hey, if they can pass down trauma, they can pass down strength. Yes. And your answer is going to be more than just trauma. And attaching to that strength and that pride and disassociating what is mine and what is theirs and attaching to that story and the narrative of that pride. And in that way, I think we have a lot to learn from these stories, from the story of black history in America, from the stories of our own lives. And I don't want to talk about strengths for strength's sake so that we say, like, wow, look how strong. Like, because <laughs> if black women save this country one more time and someone says, high five, and I'm like, we're tired, help us, dang. They'll just be like, wow, you're so strong. We don't need to be this strong, okay? And the lens, right, of understanding of you should have never have had to and thank you. Like, you should have never have had to be this strong and thank you. Martin Luther King Jr., you should have never had to and thank you. Fannie Lou Hamer, you should have never had to and thank you. Bayard Rustin, you should have never had to and thank you. Daisy Bates, you should have never had to and thank you. Claudette Colvin, you should have never had to and thank you. Marsha P. Johnson, you should have never had to and thank you. Jesus Christ, you should have never had to and thank you. And so when we look at the story of sitting in this tension, I love reclaiming the narrative that Jesus didn't suffer for us, that Jesus suffered with us, that these leaders didn't suffer for us, they suffered with us. Why? Because they existed in the same tension that we exist in. The tension between Genesis 1 and 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, the tension between Friday and Sunday. Well, then here's my question. What did Jesus do after Friday? Sunday. And why I think we have so much to learn from our black leaders, black people, black women, black trans women, is because every single one that we see is resurrection, is living resurrection, is saying that no matter what ship came my way, no matter what system came my way, no matter what anything came my way, guess what? I'm here. I am here and I am living into Sunday. You know what? You can't get to Sunday without Friday. And that's not to say we're out here looking for these battles, but Fridays will come, have come, will come again. But yet our presence in this room is active, living in that tension to say, in that tension, what I'm going to choose is resurrection, is that people are good is this belief that I'm going to suffer with you when I'm going to commit to this narrative because I believe in it. And listen, I cannot promise that your worst days are behind you. I cannot promise that death will not come. I cannot promise any of those things. But all I can say is that so far the worst has not won. And here we are. Listen, I, sometimes it's hard to be hopeful. And that's coming from an Enneagram 7, okay? <laughs> sometimes it's hard to look at the face of everything going against us. And sometimes I have to remind myself, girl, you're here, though. 
We're in a room full of people who have so far made it through the hardest day they've ever been through. Maybe you don't feel like you're thriving, but you're here. And you're here literally in a room, in a community, committed to reclaiming the idea that humans are good and we can participate in that goodness. That does not come without cost. I wish it did. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm the good team and we always win. <laughs> but we're here. And there's something to be said about simply existing. Your presence in this room, maybe you can't do more than what you're doing right now, that's fine. Your existence is saying, I'm showing up to this tension and I'm gonna choose the resurrection, I'm gonna choose the good, and I'm gonna keep going in this narrative. Listen, we've all been through things. We should have never had to be that strong. But thank yourself, because you were, you are. Listen, black people, we should have never had to be this strong. Queer people, we should have never had to be this strong. Ladies, we should have never had to be this strong. People, we should have never had to be this strong. But thank you for showing up to this moment, for showing up in that tension, and for being a part of a community that is going to remind each other of these truths. I don't always like thinking about anything hard. <laughs> it's just hard to like exist today with the internet. Like sometimes I just want my TikTok feed to be like people falling, you know, and then something <laughs> something real serious comes up on there, and you ever like feel that, and you're like, oh man, I don't know about that. But at the same time, <clears throat> the reality is that it's true. Genesis one is true. Genesis 3 is true, Friday's real, Sunday's real, and we find ourselves in the middle of all of it. Listen, we're going to talk about black people all month and every month after because I preach here. <laughs> but this morning, <laughs> but this morning, I think what we have to learn from these stories is, listen, what happened to you isn't your story. It's not who you are. You being present here, you making it through, that's yours to embrace. You shouldn't have had to, but thank you. And how do I live in response to that? To that strength, to that perseverance, to all of it. Octavia Butler, Butler says we should uh, plant seeds for trees we'll never sit under. And I know I'm living in the shade of those people's trees. Right? Martin Luther King Jr., he said, I may not get there with you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you as far down the road to the promised land as you. I don't even think I'm going to see it. I just want you to know it's there and that I believe it's there and I want to move as close to it as I can get. Yeah, that's what I want to be my life about. That's what I want my life to be about. <laughs> There are some things I enjoy because of the people who came before me. There are some things I hope the people after me get to enjoy because of what I did. Not because I should have ever had to, but I'm freaking going to. That's all I got. <laughs>
Listen. Wow. I'm a firm believer I can do a lot of things, but ending a sermon is not one. Um, Y'all are going to say, grab the same three or four people that you were talking to earlier and answer this question. What would it look like to honor the strength that has gotten you this far? Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.